I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. In this third season, I've taken the theme from season one, which was called The Holistic Healing Connection, and merged it with a theme from season two of The Dragonfly Connection. So now, join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who face their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that at each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired, no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's HealingWaze.com. If you're in that dark place, any piece of light is going to help you move forward. That's one of my favorite quotes I snagged from my conversation with Bethany Nicole. In this conversation, we're chatting about relationships, forgiveness, and even writing for self-care. She shares a ton of great tips. Bethany is an author, freelance writer, and a relationship expert. She was recently named one of the top 25 authors in Los Angeles by Los Angeles Entrepreneurs Magazine, and she has many published pieces and interviews that you can check out on her website, bethanynicole.com, or on social media. All the links to connect with her will be in the show notes. And I just found out that Bethany is scheduled for another chat with me later this year. We'll be talking about one of my favorite relationship topics, love languages. You won't want to miss that one. Stay tuned. If you enjoy this episode today, please leave a review and share with someone who needs to hear it. Cheers to a happier, healthier year ahead. So Bethany Nicole, thank you for being here. So tell my listeners where you're at. Yeah, I'm coming to you live from Los Angeles, California. I live in Koreatown here, which is such a lovely little neighborhood. It's kind of got like that old Hollywood vibe and mm. it's just definitely my, my space for sure. Nice. How long have you lived in LA? Um, this will be about three years now, a little over three years. Okay. Where'd you move from? Austin, Texas. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've actually heard that they're somewhat similar. They are. Yeah. yeah. And actually I just did the opposite because now everyone from LA is moving to Austin. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> they're like following James Vanderbeek who started that trend and now everyone's like mass exiting so oh that's funny <laughs> that's funny yeah, yeah I'm in Portland and so you know definitely I hear Austin and Portland compared as well and mm-hmm. um we have definitely thought about moving to Austin Maybe it's a good like- spot it's a good spot lots of live music lots of good food and that's what yeah. I heard yeah. yeah it is kind of like a mini LA it's got a little more I think of like a southern country vibe than LA has because it is you know in Texas even though you forget that half the time when you're there yeah Yeah, I hear there's like Texas and then Austin yes what people say right (laughs) yep that's about right (laughs) that's awesome okay so based on what I've found while perusing your website um, social media you do a lot of writing on various Mm -hmm. topics mostly around self-improvement and relationships and your passion, it seems, is really helping people live a more fulling, fulfilling, healthy life in general. But so we're going to talk lots about that. That's going to be the main <laughs> focus. But before right. we talk about that, I'm curious about the articles and or I guess review articles you've written about MAFS. Which yes. I had to actually <laughs> open it up because I'm like, what does that mean? And it's Married at First Sight. It's a reality show. I've never actually watched it, but I have a lot of friends that mm-hmm. say it's their guilty pleasure. <laughs> it's like the <laughs> thing they talk about when they're like, 
well, we're good enough friends. Let me tell you what I watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of people's guilty pleasure for sure. Right. <laughs> for sure. So yeah. Is it yours? What prompted you to write about it? Yeah. I mean, I actually got picked up doing that because of my relationship writing and okay. the first, you know, kind of site that picked me up had wanted someone who could do like relationship predictions and analysis of the couples. Mm-hmm. And So I just kind of started with that and it really branched out. Like I do that in 90 day fiance and I've done, um, you know, I'll do like the astrology of the couples. I'll do like, you know, compatibility. Like I'll just do all these different things kind of around that. And so, um, I really wasn't like a reality TV writer at all. And I still really don't consider myself one. I just kind of got picked up to do that specific thing, Mm -hmm. but you know, then like you kind of, get paid to, to follow these people's stories and whatever. And so that's kind of how I got into that. And it just kind of took off. So now I do it for a couple sites of, you know, um, are they going to last and this is their astrology and this is, you know, (laughs) kind of all of that. Yeah. Okay. So it it sounds like it's, it's kind of a, it's fun and almost like a hobby in a way. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's still kind of like, you know, in niche of the relationship and dating aspect. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's been kind of a fun outlet and a different, you know, way to keep my writing fresh, I guess, because, yeah. you know, there's like only so many ways you can say like, you know, how to date correctly or how right. to like find your, first, you know, you kind of are like, okay, if I have to write one more article on this. Um, so it's kind of fun to be like, let's talk astrology. Let's do, you know, is this yeah. couple going to make it? Like, it just keeps everything really fresh. So that's fun. Cool. Okay. So does that mean then that you have to watch the show, like all the episodes? I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I get paid to watch like trashy TV and write about it. It's dreams. Yeah. No kidding. I was like, wow, how can we all get on? Yeah. This kind of that, that totally satisfies my curiosity on that. <laughs> so I want to talk more about the things that you do to help other people. And One of the things I loved, it's in an article you wrote for Modern Identities in April of this year, I believe, Mm -hmm. titled Nobody's Perfect. Yes. (laughs) You start out by saying nobody's perfect. No one can get it right every time. Mm -hmm. Not even the experts. And (laughs) I love that. I, I hope we all know that. And if Mm -hmm. you don't know that listening, just take a moment to let that sink in because (laughs) it's very true. We're humans too. Um, you know, Bethany's helping other people, but she's going through her own human experience. So you are what is called a relationship expert. First of all, how did you get that title? Yeah. I mean, I just kind of fell into it, honestly. Like I wasn't really sure what to call myself because I was doing all this writing on it. I have a background in social work and philosophy, and I have so much time in the dating trenches. (laughs) I just really wasn't (laughs) sure how to blend all of that. And I think it was like one of my first, like very first back in the day, couple of podcast episodes that I did. They just kind of coined that term for me and it felt good. It felt like in alignment. And um, so it's just kind of stuck ever since that. I mean, there's so many different titles that people, you know, go by of like relationship coach or, you know, dating coach, dating Mm -hmm. therapist, you know, whatever it is, but I felt pretty good about relationship expert. It just, for whatever reason, felt kind of aligned. So yeah, I've just been going with that. (laughs) Nice. Okay. Why, what has um, sparked this passion for helping other people just in, in their lives in general, but very specific, more specifically in their romantic relationships? Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, like 
that arena is really downplayed, right? When we hear people having relationship problems, we kind of brush that aside as not super important. You know, maybe a marriage is taken a little more significantly, but generally speaking, we don't put a lot of value on that, but it really is determining how we interact with the world around us, how strong our foundations are. You know, if our home life is not in order, we're not doing well on the outside. We're not able yeah. to achieve things. And if we're in these really toxic relationships, they're keeping us really small. It is really important to focus on that and get that foundation in order. And it's been kind of pushed on the back burner, I feel like, for just way too long. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. causes people immense pain. And then they don't know what to do with that because it's really downplayed. You know, if you're going through a breakup, that's horrible. But people generally are just kind of like, okay, we'll like get over it. But you're dealing with the deepest aspects of human emotion, right? Abandonment, Mm -hmm. love, value, worthiness, connection. Like these are huge, (laughs) like so important. And I just felt like it was really time to start highlighting all of those aspects and how dating culture affects us, how relationships affect us and how much of, you know, the mirrors they are for our own self-work and what we need to do Mm -hmm. to create this balanced society. Nice. Well, yeah. And it, and it seems as if you also, you do talk a lot about the things within ourselves first Mm -hmm. that we need to work on, which I found, I mean, I'm not dating anymore. I've been married now for, um, I don't know. I, I, as I go to say this, I'm like, I don't know. We met in 2008, um, in 2010, so 11 years. So I am not dating anywhere, but I definitely was back in 2008 and seven. And I wish that a Bethany Nicole would have been around <laughs> then because back then it was like Dr. Phil yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that might've been it. I don't know. I think, you know, I've kind of looked over this, some of the things you've written and although some of them, you know, because I'm not dating right now, don't pertain to me, but there's a lot you write about parts of healing Mm -hmm. journeys on yourself for yourself and other relationships that you're in. So I want to talk about your experience for a minute. You have told me in your pre-screening that you've tried a lot of different healing modalities along your life and healing journey. What would you say would be your favorite or most impactful? Yeah, I mean... I think for me, it's always been the alternative method. So like I started with a meditation studio here in LA and that's really been the thing that changed me on the deepest level, like learning breath work, Kundalini, all kinds of like meditations and Mm -hmm. um, things like that have really been for me, what changed everything because I did therapy, like talk therapy on and off for years. And Mm -hmm. it it really did nothing for me. I know some people are very helped by it Mm -hmm. and I do use it in tandem now with other things I do. But as far as like getting at the really deep self-work that really took meditation, yoga, alternative therapies. And, um, I did do some like EMDR, which comes through, you know, Mm -hmm. mainstream channels. And that is very helpful for me as well. But yeah, it really took a lot of different alternative methods to get yeah. at what I needed to get at. Well, and I think, I mean, that's for everybody, right? It's, and it's not, nothing is a one size fits all either. Yeah. Like talk therapy m- might be someone's only thing and that works amazing for them. Right. And, and exactly. people like you and I, I love, I do personally love talk therapy, but it doesn't work for everything. No, so, yeah. you know, same, you know, meditation 
is more, it's like a body experience as well as a mind experience, as well as EMDR. And, and some of us really, most of us need that body piece too. Yeah. I think it's awesome that you just, you keep trying stuff though. I think that's what we all need to do. I think that's really where talk therapy can fall short is because, you know, trauma lives in the body too, and we have to like get at it. And, you know, like, I love that book, you know, the body keeps score and it just breaks it down so well scientifically. And, you know, so these modalities, especially Kundalini yoga is like, that's its whole premise is like trauma lives in the body. Let's get it worked out. And you Mm -hmm. do breath work and chanting and, you know, weird postures and hold your arms out for three minutes and like all of these things that are just so bizarre and they work so phenomenally. And so like, I feel like for me, that's what I always share with people is that, you know, just keep trying stuff until you find something like it's so easy to maybe go to talk therapy and it doesn't work. And you're like, well, that's it. I don't know. You know? And it's like, just keep trying, keep trying, keep trying and just be open to what comes in your radius. It could be like a Buddhist book and you're a Christian. You're like, I don't know if that's like going to help. And then that's the thing that does it. Like, I just feel like whatever your mindset, just try to be, or you're Buddhist and it's a Christian book, like whatever it is, like just be open. You know, if you're, you know, in that dark place, like any piece of light is going to help you move forward. Yes. Oh, I like that. Well said, perfectly said, actually. Yeah. You said that one of the healing practices that you have done is actually writing your book. Mm-hmm. You didn't mention that as one of the top ones, but <laughs> <laughs> I should have been the top. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but I mean, I believe that it is. And in, in the book uh, is titled Apologies I Never Got. Mm-hmm. I do hear a lot from writers that mm-hmm. writing the book is healing for them. It is. Yeah. Tell us how that was healing for you. And then, of course, tell us about the book. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was healing for me on, you know, a couple levels, I guess, because it really helps me connect to the humor, like the Mm -hmm. underlying humor of some of these situations. Like, you know, we have choices, we can take it really seriously, we can be really offended, we can take it personally, or we can just say that is ridiculous. (laughs) And just kind of like, laugh some of them off, you know, every single one of them, of our hurts doesn't have to be this huge dramatic thing, you know, we can be resilient enough at a certain point to be like, that's on you, man. Like that's your, that's your issue. Um, and so I think it helped me connect with the humor of some of it because that is, you know, part of the premise of the book, like the apologies are funny. They're phrased in a funny way. A lot of them, I mean, not that they don't have serious undertones, but, um, you know, they're kind of meant to be a little bit like to find the humor in it. And Mm. then I think just getting it all out and seeing, kind of how lots of people, you know, struggle with these same things. Like everyone has a dating or relationship horror story, everybody. (laughs) And so I did not have a lack of material for this book. There's a (laughs) second one in the works. I could probably do a third, like, you know, everyone struggles with this and that's okay. We're all in that together. And I mean, I feel like even if somebody like marries their high school sweetheart, like you can still relate to some of the aspects of the relationship portions or mm-hmm. how you're interacting with each other or what it's making you learn about yourself. You know, the book is broken up into different sections. So there's, you know, like a gaslighting section, there's a dating section, you know, just different aspects of dating and relationships. So I think just seeing how relatable it is to everybody also mm-hmm. was very therapeutic of like, 
okay, it's not just me. <laughs> like yeah. we're all kind of like on this path together. Yeah, totally. And so the book, would you say, would it be helpful for people that are past the dating stage and yeah, into the relationship stage? Yeah, okay. definitely. Cause I think it, there are aspects of it that do apply. There's an X, um, it's called the X files. It's about a chapter about exes and, you know, even people who are married, a lot of them have ex-boyfriends, ex-partners, even ex-spouses. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, they can relate to that too. Like a lot of the concepts are not just for people in the dating world. They're, you know, pretty expansive. Nice. Are they also helpful in this book in particular for uh, other types of relationships, just like more like friendships, relationships with yourself, or is it mostly relationships in the romantic realm? Um, this book is mostly romantic realm. Obviously the concept is huge and I would love to do one that dives a little deeper into friendships, roommates, parents, but for this one, I really, I just felt like that might get a little confusing. So I just kind of focused it on dating and relationships, but it does have a huge aspect of self-help because the underlying message is forgiveness, right? Mm -hmm. The underlying message is like taking control of our own healing you know, that spans everything. So whether it's a parent or a friend who you never got the apology from, like, it's still forgiveness. It's still learning to heal yourself and move on and let that go as hard as that is, (laughs) that practice of learning it, right? you know, and not getting it right all the time, because it's, you know, I feel like forgiveness is one of the highest callings we can have. And that means it's probably not going to be the easiest and right. <laughs> there are days we're going to like be nailing it. And then days we're just going to feel that, that rush again of yeah. anger. And, you know, and I, so I think that the book definitely can speak to all types of relationships mm-hmm. and especially the one we have with ourselves. But, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So let's, let's talk, let's talk more about that. Uh, the title apologies I never got. Mm-hmm. Um, and somewhere I saw you write, you know, we basically, we don't need the apology for our own well-being. So why don't we need that apology? Because ultimately it's not going to make us feel better. It's not, it's not the magic fix we want it to be. It doesn't take away the hurt. It doesn't take away the trauma. And it's asking someone who is just not there you know, if they're enacting this pain on you, they're probably just not at the level of self-reflection to be able to come around and apologize or even understand how it affected you, Mm -hmm. you know? And even if they do magically get this great apology, right. And they say all these great words, you really won't feel better as much as you think you will, that pain and that trauma that still lives there. Mm-hmm. And nine out of 10 times, we don't even get that apology. So we're just sitting, waiting for this magic fix that doesn't even exist. Yeah, And it, it wastes our time. It wastes our life and gives us all of this energy towards trying to coerce this apology that we never why. needed. Yeah. Or why didn't we get it? Like, I mean, why we don't get that is that could be a million reasons deep, you know, and you're yeah. assuming that person even understands what they did wrong and Mm -hmm. they just don't. And, you know, if you get that apology, that's fantastic. But if you don't, you're fine too. Like you can work through all of that without an apology, without the other person's, you know, inclusion in your life at all. And you can forgive them without their inclusion. You can forgive them 
energetically, you can forgive them in your heart, like whatever you believe, but you know, no additional person is required. Like we can do this work for ourselves. You know, several therapists throughout my years have definitely, you know, suggested the writing, the, the letter, the, the letter you don't letter. send. Yeah, yeah. You don't send. And I, oh my God. I mean, I have, well, first of all, in my life, you know, outside of romantic relationships, which there's probably a lot that owe me an apology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But whatever. But you know, for me, like um people who've died, I have I have a lot, unfortunately, a lot of people in my life have died at young ages. And they're people that, you know, I need to forgive. And it was it's like, well, I can't now. I can't, you know, that was one of the hardest things is like, well, I I literally cannot like talk to their face and say, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, this is what you did. Like I'm estranged from my father. I will never be, a, I will never get an apology from that person. Yeah. So that's someone I've had to write those forgiveness letters over and over and over again. Yeah. And me too, if it makes me feel better. <laughs> right. And, and I will people. never get that apology. Exactly. I will never get it. Yeah. Or, you know, speaking of exes, you know, the, an ex that what I was engaged to that, you know, never apologized for <laughs> cheating on me and all the other things, you know, and that's been a person that I've had to write the letter to over and over. So forgiveness letters, Obviously it's a big one. We've all, I, I would think most of us listening, even, you know, people listening mm-hmm. have heard about this, but what would you say beyond forgiveness letters that people can do to heal those wounds? Cause they really are, you know, we were slighted, we were hurt, all kinds of things. They are wounds yeah. that are shallow, deep, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, but what can we do to heal those without getting that apology if it's not needed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it kind of depends on what the the trauma is, you know, mm-hmm. what kind of the effects are, and then how it relates to our lives moving forward. You know, like cheating is going to give you a lot of trust issues. It just, yeah. you know, you're going to have a really hard time settling into a new relationship. So that's going to be work that's ongoing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to be healing the trauma of the pain of finding out they're cheating, the betrayal, whatever that is. And then it's also ongoing as you start a new relationship, learning how to trust again, learning how to feel safe and learning how to pick partners that do have a better chance of being faithful or whatever it is. You know, it's a lot of work, but it's a mirror, you know, and it's not saying, you know, obviously it's not anybody's fault that they're cheated on, but it's like, were there aspects um, of them or you that could be worked on? Like, are Mm -hmm. there things about them that you could recognize as a pattern, you know, moving forward and picking a partner? Are there things that you could do differently moving forward to keep from attracting that person or from once you recognize that letting them go faster, whatever it is. So I think finding the modalities that work for you and combining them if you need to, whatever it is, and just setting the intention, I think of wanting to heal and wanting to forgive. Like, I feel like that really starts magnetizing into your life, the things that will help you on that journey, Mm -hmm. because I do think that is such a unique journey. I don't feel that there is like a cut and dry method that works for everyone. I think it does take a few tries at different things to find what works for you. Yeah. That go. And I think just setting the intention is like the North star that I think the world will respond to that. I think you'll start opening up your perspective to finding things that will help you. I think, especially with forgiveness, that is important to not rush the process and just say, Oh, well, I forgive them. Mm-hmm. If you really don't feel that, <laughs> like, yeah. and that's, that's okay. Like two days after you found out they cheated on you, you're not ready yet. Like, let, like give it a second, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, 
And just set that intention, even if it's like, I would like to get to the point where I can forgive them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that intention is so powerful and letting yourself have the time to feel the things that you need to feel yeah, and get that out. And I think the letter is really powerful for that. Even if it's not the forgiveness letter, even if it's just a letter writing out all your feelings, whether they're really petty, they're really angry, like just getting things out of yourself, I think is really powerful and being able to move forward too. Yeah. So journaling probably would be one. journaling or, you know, a letter you don't send. That's mm-hmm. just like, you're a complete piece of crap. I hate you. You yeah. know, like whatever you feel <laughs> like, you know, that you don't want to say out loud, maybe just right. get it out and right. work through those emotions and just let them come. I think that's the big thing too. Like, you know, especially if we're on a self-healing or spiritual or whatever path, I think we feel really bad when we have those feelings about someone that we, we feel this pressure to like instantly rise above, instantly forgive. And like, that's just not how humans work. (laughs) Like that's just not, and that's okay. Like there's a lot of grace in allowing yourself to like feel the things. And as long as you're not, you know, maybe acting on them, I think that is just a powerful part of the healing process is like, feel the anger, feel the guilt, feel like the loss, feel, Mm -hmm. you know, those feelings of like, Oh, I just wish I could take them back. Like feel all of it. Don't act on it. (laughs) Just feel it and let it, let it move, you know, let it pass. And then I think you can start, you know, getting your life back together. Yeah. From my personal experience, you know, speaking of, you know, back to that relationship, it's like, I did the journaling I mean, I fell apart and I did all kinds of crazy things. Then when I pulled myself back together (laughs) (laughs) yeah, um, and was ready to start healing. uh, Yeah. You know, thinking back when you were saying, you know, how they can progress, that was exactly like at first it was just like how much I hated that person. Yeah. You know, stupid, immature. (laughs) Yeah. Just really like all the words and just childlike probably. And then over time, it definitely became more like something I would say more beautiful. Like yeah. it was just, you know, like, okay. As I worked through that healing again for myself, like you, you say it's, it starts with us. Mm-hmm. It got more like a true forgiveness. Mm-hmm. And I will say forgiveness is still something I struggle with. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people do, I hope. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a hard one. It, it is. really is. So yeah. do you have any advice for that? For just getting over that. I mean, and I have like elephant memory. Just ask my husband. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, like, I remember every petty thing you said. It's so true. Now, you know, I have definitely gotten better at it. And my husband and I, you know, going back to another article you wrote about like the couple bubble. I mean, my husband Mm -hmm. and I are like super respectful. Communication is something we just work on like nonstop and forgiving each other, but it's still not super easy. Yeah. Especially. Yeah. Any advice? I mean, I think it's just, yeah, patience, you know, patience patience. with yourself and patience with the process. And, you know, I think it's like anything else. You build the muscle as you go along, it gets better. It gets easier. You get smarter, faster, wiser, whatever it is (laughs) at it. And especially for people in the dating world, you know, you learn from the experiences. So you're moving forward, not calling in the same type of partner And then if you find yourself in that situation, you get out faster, you engage less, you don't take it as personally, whatever it is, like you get better as you go. And just with forgiveness, even in a marriage, it's the same thing. It's a muscle. You get better. You get, you start to avoid 
in a sense, you know, you can kind of figure out how to communicate better. So you're avoiding the types of arguments that maybe lead to these necessary apologies, you know, Mm -hmm. like you learn how to communicate better. So you're not screaming at each other. So then you don't need to apologize for that. Like when you're trying to be that mindful and forgiving and moving forward, all of that just starts to fall into place a little bit better, even though at the beginning and for a while, it just feels really impossible. And you're like, but he said this really bad thing. Like, how do I forgive that? Yeah. And then you just do and acknowledge that like some days are going to be easier with it than others. And some days you're going to feel fully forgiving. And then some days you're going to take a couple steps back and like, you know, it's just like overcoming anything. Yeah. You you could have a relapse. You could have a moment where you don't feel your best and, you know, maybe you bring it up and, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you just learn from that and move forward. I mean, that's all we can do and just give ourselves some grace you know, as far as like making those slip ups or mistakes and, and multiple aspects of relationships, I think, you know, you want to give yourself grace and then you, but you also don't want to take any crap from yourself, <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. a fine line of like, you know, give yourself grace, acknowledge you made this mistake, but don't give yourself so much grace that you're continuing to do it. Take what you need to learn from it, move forward and give yourself the space to do that. So it's nice. like a balance, you know, so it can, it can work in a relationship that you can actually get an apology, you know, like mm-hmm. it could actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they haven't, yeah. They haven't completely lo- left your life or died or whatever, but what you were just saying with, you know, giving yourself grace and patience that can still work in a relationship where you can potentially get an apology, but we're still not going to be waiting for it. Right. Or I mean, I think at least for me and my relationships and stuff, mm-hmm. even sometimes when I do get the apology, I'm like, okay, you know, like it doesn't really like take away everything. And so you're still having to work through whatever you're feeling, you know, if they've apologized and they're, you can see changes in the behavior. Mm -hmm. That's really all they can do. It's the same, you know, when we make a mistake, all you can do is apologize and show effort to change. Yeah. That's it, but you can't undo it. So like, but that's patience at the same time, because Mm -hmm. it takes more than five seconds to get over something, especially if it was really painful for you. Mm-hmm. And even in marriages, even if you did get the apology, sometimes it, it doesn't really mean a whole lot in that moment. Like you just have to really keep working with yourself and with your partner and seeing those changes. And, you know, that's the thing too, with apologies, you know, if there's no change in behavior, then they're very empty and yeah. they don't take away, you know, the pain of the experience you know, we just really hope it will because we're in a lot of pain and we want it to do that. And it's yeah. not the silver bullet we think it is. It is important to say the words, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's also important to do the actions and it's important to, for you on your end to do your work, to heal what happened as well. So it's just kind of working together in that constant communication of how you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, let's talk about uh, the transgressor, <laughs> the one who <laughs> should, I'm putting in quotes, um, apologize, you know, apologizing, even though it isn't necessarily, it can feel good, right? Like mm-hmm. I have had apologies that have felt really good. And like you said, though, it doesn't instantly heal everything because 
yeah, you have to do the work like you've, you've said over and over. So I won't go back into that, but apologizing for, for a lot of people, I would guess is not easy. And even if we feel like we need to apologize, yeah, it still is like, it's really difficult to get those words out. So for people listening who still struggling with it, can you speak to that for a moment? Any advice to give the apology? Well, I think the thing is you kind of have two categories of people, the ones who don't apologize at all and the ones who apologize for everything, mm. even when they're not wrong. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of ask that people try to find the balance. And so if you're not genuinely sorry, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't say you're sorry. Like, you know, that was something I used to struggle with as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but hopefully as you go on with your journey, you can say you can, and get better with communicating too. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for example, like I have like a temper. So that's something I work with a lot in relationships. Like if someone fires at me, like you're going to get fired back at. And Mm -hmm. that's something I work with a lot you know, if I feel wronged, then I'm really quick to like respond, which is not always great because then I'm going to say something really harsh or not, not, you know, really indicative of how I truly feel. Mm -hmm. And so for me, kind of my middle ground is like, I don't apologize right away. I take a minute and I think about how I feel. And then I come back around and I might say something like, I apologize for my reaction to this. And I wish that had been different, but the initiating behavior is still something that we need to talk about. So I apologize for my portion of this. I apologize for saying this or that, but I'm not going to take on the entire apology. I'm not going to say, I'm sorry, we had a fight. Mm-hmm. If that's not how I feel, you know, and I think that's kind of where people need to get really honest with themselves of what do I genuinely feel sorry about in this scenario? Because if you're over apologizing and you're taking on you know, the entire fight, the entire blame for something that you really don't need to do that for, then you're shoving down the initial issue and you're taking on all this guilt and you're setting yourself up to be the scapegoat of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important that yes, you do need to overcome if you are wrong and you do need to apologize. (laughs) But I think you also need to be careful to not just be like, well, I did this thing. I should probably just apologize for all of it. Like it's something we should do. Yeah, I think when you get really clear and you actually feel sorry about something, it's a lot easier to express that because your feeling and emotion is behind it. I think that's where people do struggle to apologize because they're not sorry about the whole fight. They're just Mm -hmm. sorry maybe about their portion. And so they either don't want to apologize at all or they apologize way too much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like Mm -hmm. finding your center and your truth of how do I genuinely feel about what happened and communicating it. Mm -hmm. And that opens the conversation, you know, finding that genuine place Mm -hmm. to apologize from. Definitely. Yeah. I I agree with that for sure. So you obviously just from the things I've read about you online and what you've already said is you have, you know, had situations in your life where people have wronged you or, uh, you know, things that you have to overcome or heal from. And in fact, you know, like in that uh, article that I mentioned before, it was, um, what was the title of that? 
oh, nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. You've definitely had some, you know, relationship snafus as well. And you obviously, from what you've been talking about this whole time, recognize the need to do our own healing. We're going to go back to your own healing for a minute and your book. So as I mentioned before, I hear a lot of people talk about how writing their book or books even are really healing, which sounds like you have books even more. I mean, you do already, but more coming. It is really healing for you. It was for you. It's for a lot of people I hear. And I can see how that would be really healing. It's like journaling on steroids kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you, you're the first person that gets this question because I keep thinking about it. I'm like, hi, I hear this a lot. And I haven't asked anybody if other people, if somebody listening right now wants to try this, mm-hmm. could you give them some tips on how to start or some advice about the process? Mm-hmm. And I just want to add too, like, they don't have to be planning to publish this book. Even Mm -hmm. it could just be one that stays within their private locked up journal even, but yeah. Yeah. Give us some, give us some tips on that. Honestly, for writing across the board, it's so simple, but it's so valid is like, just start literally (laughs) just start typing it out. It doesn't even matter. Like even for journaling, if you want to start a daily journaling practice, I usually start with like today I feel and just start like, and don't stop. And then as you keep going, it's just going to start coming. You're going to start opening up your channels. The words are going to start flowing and try not to censor yourself as you go, because that's where you can run into writer's block. If you're writing and you're like, well, I don't, I don't know about that sentence. It doesn't Mm -hmm. feel really good. You can edit when you're done. (laughs) You can go back and delete the whole thing if you want. I think that's how we get, you know, writing is the muscle. And the more you do it, if you can just sit down and do it, even if you end up deleting everything, you, it's the same as going to the gym. You've worked out, you know, maybe you don't take the workout out of the gym with you, but like you still accomplish something. And you know, just like going to the gym, you'll start to see the results. Like the words start coming more easily. Your flow gets better, but there's really no other way to get there than to just start. People do say that. And <laughs> it feels really hard. I will just say like, yeah. you know, cause I have started several books and don't get very far to be honest. It just I mean, is it really true? Like just one sentence could be all you write and you're and be fine with that. And then the next day, write another sentence. You know, somebody said like, you write one sentence and then you have two. And then before you know it, you've got a hundred pages. And yeah, I don't know. That just doesn't sound believable to me. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's where creativity meets discipline, you know? Yeah. And so that's the, you know, to be like a, a professional writer or whatever, you kind of start, um, forcing yourself to do that. So generally what works for a lot of people is that you pick a time of day where you feel the most creative. I'm a morning creative. So I write most of my things in the morning. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people are night owls. So you kind of know when you have more creativity throughout your day and you can set something pretty reasonable for yourself. And if it starts off being one sentence, that's fine. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe a page or half a page would probably be a good start, but then you're just going to sit your booty down and do it every, if you've decided three days a week, this is what you're going to do. Like whatever's feasible for your life, right? Like you don't want to set yourself up for failure. Like I'm a professional writer, so I write every day, but you know, if you have kids and a job and like, maybe that's not feasible for you. Mm -hmm. 
but so set something that is realistic and then you know stick to it and sometimes having a sentence that you start with like today I feel or and then you can just go back and delete that you know Mm -hmm. Um, just anything to get the creative juices flowing if I have something that I do think is going to get published I can get a little bit you know tight about it so I'll have something like that that I'm just like this is you know this is a piece that's I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. And I just free flow right on that for a minute. And then it just kind of gets you started. Nice. Um, okay. Reading is another big one for writers. Like mm-hmm. if you're feeling writer's block, reading a book can help kind of break that up a little bit. It's just maybe something about seeing how things flow for other people and kind of getting in that zone. A lot of writers use that. You know, it can be tough because generally there's like the, Anne Lamont of writers and then there's the Ernest Hemingway of writers so like yeah. Anne Lamont was very like every morning at 7 a.m I'm sitting down and I'm writing three pages and then you have like Hemingway who's like at random times of the day he writes 10 pages and then he stops and it just free flows when it comes mm-hmm. but I think what generally works best for people especially if you're trying to write a book or something is to try to get the creativity to meet the discipline so that it understands I mean, it's almost like its own little force, like its own muse or whatever. Like, but if you're showing up for it, like it's going to start showing up for you. It'll start understanding, okay, at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays, be right. And it really will start showing up at that time. Nice. So like you said, it's, it's like anything that we, we need to create the habit. You need to form the habit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, And especially if you're seeing it as a way to help yourself on your own healing journey. Yeah, That's probably even more important. Definitely just showing up for it and doing mm-hmm. the work for it. And you can always adjust like if you, you know, signed yourself up for three days a week, and that is just not happening. Don't just give up. Just say like, okay, let me let me scale back. Let me start with one day a week, like anything that you can do. Yeah, nice. It's really good. And then Stephen King's book, it's titled On Writing is phenomenal. Like anyone who wants to write like needs to read that book. Cool. Okay. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. I will say it's a little intense because it talks about um, also like his addictions and his life before he got sober. So Mm -hmm. that's a little intense, but it also talks about like his writing schedule, how he gets his creativity to show up. And I think it is important too, because there are a lot of writers who do suffer from like addictions and things like creatives Mm -hmm. in general. So I think it's good for that too, of like how he was able to write sober, even though he had written not sober for a very long time before I didn't he know that okay no one yeah. knew right until this book came out and you're like I'm sorry Stephen King is drinking Listerine like I am so lost but like Whoa, okay. it's intense it's intense but well, and um, he is intense so you would expect intense. that from any book he writes but yeah thank yeah. you for sharing that I mean because that sounds like he kind of used that for him his own healing journey too he did right? yeah. like a very seasoned, well-known author. We all know. I actually love Stephen King. I started reading Mm. his books way too young. Um, (laughs) Didn't we all? Didn't we all? I think I was telling my therapist, I just mentioned, I was like, yeah, so I read, you know, I was reading um, The Tower uh, when I was like 10. And she's like, what? (laughs) Explains a lot about me, I guess. Yeah, Um, yeah. But yeah, that's a great, that's a great resource right there. Thank you. And yeah, thank you for sharing all the wisdom around that because it it is something that seems to be really helpful for people. And then it's a way for us to 
whether you're writing a a self-improvement book or just, you know, anything, it's Mm -hmm. a way for us to get our creativity, get our ideas out to other people and Mm -hmm. they'll take that however they like, and it might help them in their life or it might just be a source of entertainment, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like any creativity just adds a little something to our life and our healing process like writing is just huge and I mean so many therapists use it so many healing modalities Mm -hmm. use it because it's just getting at your inner thoughts getting at your subconscious it's something that can be private just between you and your journal or your computer screen and then right and you don't ever have to share it you can burn it you can delete it you can you know but it is giving you that outlet to say what you need to say yeah totally so before we say goodbye because it's getting to that time Mm -hmm. is there anything else you'd like to share any words of advice or wisdom that you want to say in parting just for the forgiveness journey if you're wanting a writing journey if you're doing a healing journey I think the same advice of just start like it's okay if it's messy it's okay if it doesn't look perfect it's okay if it doesn't work the first time but just starting and setting that intention I feel like is really the key to learning how to forgive, learning how to heal, learning how to write, like whatever it is. Awesome. Thank you. And on your website, there are some free resources. It looks like you do some card, you do some card pulling for, for people. So do, yeah. kind of fun, you know, that helps you with that whole inner awareness thing mm-hmm. and lots of great articles on there. I'll continue to read and keep tabs on what you've got going on. I won't be probably ever watching Married at First Sight. <laughs> But I That's do know okay. it's quite popular. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I highly recommend if you are into that show, you probably want to check out what Bethany's writing about it. Well, thank you so much, Bethany. This has been fun. Yes. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Our stories may be different, but we all have one thing in common. We're all trying to figure out how to navigate life on this planet. And none of us have it completely figured out. No matter what you're going through in your life, just know that you are never really alone. Come back every Wednesday for more inspiration and connection. And follow me on Instagram at the Dragonfly Mama so we can stay in touch between episodes.